2: Tuesday morning? God, what day of the week is it? Uh, November 8th. And uh, welcome in. It's time for an episode of Bronx for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good to see you. Hope things are going well down there in Georgia. Have you guys started to turn into uh, winters, winter yet or is it still, you know, It's nice this fall? weekend,
3: actually. It's weekend. Uh, We had a, a summer solstice type of thing where it's been 85 and hot and muggy, dehumidifier running, air conditioning mm. kicking on, and then it's supposed to be in the 20s on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Classic. the South, that's, that's how it is. It, uh, depending on if the wind's coming from North or West from the Gulf, but it's been, it's been on uns- October was really cool. And then it got hot in November and
2: now it's about to get freaking cold Or it'll be in the thirties for, you know, moving forward, going forward. Yep. Well, we have clear skies in Seattle this week, which is going to be great. It's going to be about 30 degrees. So nice and cold, but I'll take the cold. If it means some clear skies in November, pretty rare out here. Jeremy, Sean, coming in saying, morning, guys. Back at it. Absolutely. I'm hoping the new guys bring some needed juice. We're the uh, old what new guys. guys? We're yeah, the, is the old guys.
3: The needed juice. Here's the, the juice in a cup. Thank you, Patrick, at lioncoffee.com.
2: God bless. Uh, Good to see you, Jeremy. Hope you're doing well. We got Dave Glassman in the house with the hearts. Uh Always supporting us. Good to see you, Dave. Uh, We also got Luke Wright in the house saying, morning, Nick and Scott. How's it going? It's going pretty well. My wife got back last night, so I can stop living like a slob. Um if you notice the mustache is gone too, so that's uh <laughs> that's a good thing, I think. Uh but no good. I'm excited to get into a start to get back into a routine. It feels like it's just been go, go, go. I mean, a lot of it's for pleasure, you know, backpacking trips or hiking, but uh nothing really coming up now until Christmas. So i can kind of get in a groove of things. Hopefully the Broncos can as well. You know, a bunch of Sunday Sunday football games uh going forward. A lot of them though being played in that uh first a.m. or the first afternoon slot so won't be ideal for the Broncos and while Scott messes with his mic some we'll say hello to Bama X saying good morning Broncos country Bama X I thought about you the other day you got to let me know is Alabama out of the playoffs um they've had this is obviously a Broncos podcast but it's we are we're now turning our eye towards the draft as you probably guys knew on Monday so uh watching Bama is always a must uh for the NFL draft community Bama two losses Scott is there any way they can chip their way back in there i mean they'd have to pass. yeah
3: they, they can uh they need a little bit of help but if they go on if they make and win the sec championship game they'd have a really good shot yeah so it'd be tight but um you know what i can't stand seeing happening is someone who doesn't even win their conference you know so let's say you get an undefeated georgia gets beaten sec championship game and then they go to the, the the playoff i'm like no no how can you be and that's why i i, I used to call it i refuse to write say national champion i refused like you cannot be a national champion if you're not a conference champion so i call it i always wrote it as the bcs champion bcs wants to crown their own champion they can do it they want to i i refuse to call them national champions um so we'll see but they can i i'm a firm believer and you you've got to at least be an area champ before you can
2: be a national champ yeah I think I disagree with you a tad just because like, let's say Ohio state gets beat by Illinois for God knows what reason I still would rather have Ohio state in the playoffs. What
3: you'd rather have is irrelevant. Find somebody else that won their conference. I, I just, don't know I, again, <laughs> how, how can you be, how can you be, you're, you're the Roman empire and the Huns have taken over Rome, but you are the conquerors of the world. You can't even control Rome. No, I you're, you're not a now. national champion. If you're not an area <laughs> champion. Yeah, if you didn't yeah, win your own region. How can you win the
2: the country? I would view it as that is, winning. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> we'll have to disagree on that one, Scott. That's okay. That's and because you're you're built in. I I mean, you're built
3: into the NFL playoffs and all of this kind of stuff. And it's like,
2: oh, well, look. And and one
3: one of the years I got in the most heated about this was when the Giants were nine and seven and won all of their games on the road as a wild card. And the thing, the teams they beat were three teams they had lost to during the regular season. And proponents were like, see, that's exactly why we do this. And I'm like, that's exactly why I don't want you to do this because all you said to me, I don't have to watch until the playoffs because these games didn't mean jack squat. Yeah.
2: Anyway, off soapbox. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Obviously, there's four good SEC teams. I'm curious to see what happens with the Pac-12 going forward. And TCU, man, one of the most fun teams uh, out there this season. TCU, a fun team to watch for Broncos country, maybe. They have a wide receiver that uh, wears number one named Quentin Johnson, who maybe you should get familiar with, just, you know, just to have an idea of some of the landscape there. Kind of ticks me off about TCU as uh, they have a quarterback from the state of Iowa that Iowa let out, and uh, he's been great, and Iowa's had terrible quarterback play, but I digress. Uh, let's say hello to some more folks in the chat. We got Daheen coming in here. Uh, good morning, my Broncos brothers and sisters. Good to see you. Ethan in the house, and good afternoon, Jensen Broncos country. We got Bryce saying good morning, fellas. I will be at the game November 20th. Will you guys be around? I wish, Bryce, but uh, Scott and I live about as far apart as you possibly could in the United States uh, from Denver, in the contiguous uh, United States, I guess. Scott out there in Georgia, I in, in Washington State. So won't be. I, if I'm not mistaken, the November 20th game is the Raiders. So uh you're gonna be able to have a good time regardless. But uh no, I I regret to inform you I'll not be there. Or maybe it's a good thing I won't be there because I'm what, 0 and eight in games I've attended live, 0 and nine, something ridiculous. And Scott's doing no, it's ridiculous. Um, Scott's seen almost all the Broncos wins this season. Man, we just need to start paying Scott to go. That's all, all of a sudden it just clicked. Two of the three there was Scott. The only one you didn't see was the uh to be fair i went to no i didn't go to the colts i went to the 49ers so that was actually a pretty
3: good win yeah. um now uh getting back to the just to put a bow on the discussion that i've kicked off here uh college football purists whereas, and we'll say good morning to greg since i clicked on him um where it says you know college football purists have held the game up for so long um it's it's different now when when you've expanded and all that type of stuff i changed my my thoughts on playoffs when LSU got picked with two losses. Like the regular season has already been compromised. Um, And to be fair, you know, the most popular sport in the world, uh, international soccer, watched by billions, they don't do playoffs. It's Mm -hmm. you play, you've got 20 teams, you play every team twice, home and away, three points for a win, one point for a draw, best record wins. I love it. I I love it because the games in September, I used to love, absolutely love turning on, Texas, Ohio state ranked three and five in the country, August 31st. That game meant something. It really did. Now you could argue it does, but it doesn't not like it did. That was a playoff game. I had playoffs from September through December in, in college football. That's what I had. Uh, And I loved it. I I loved it. I always said when they, when they, when they go to an expanded playoffs, I'll stop watching college football so much. Um, I have, (laughs) Um, but uh, anyway, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of expanded playoffs. I, I just I think it. Uh, you know, if you want me to tune in for four months, then let's make those four months mean something. And when everybody's getting in the playoffs, when you're just barely 500, the NCAA tournament, they call it March
2: Madness. I call it who gives a damn until March. So anyway. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the expanded playoffs um, to see what happens here. Get some different matchups. Tired of the same blood over and over again. And happy that we see some turnover in the SEC. I mean, Tennessee doing some things, LSU moving back up. We'll see what happens with Florida with Billy Napier. But I digress. Uh, We got Greg Smith in the house. Good morning, guys. Chaz saying he's going to be at the game on the 27th. Uh, That's great. We also got official Andrew Furmanek coming in here saying good morning, Nick and Scott. I can't wait for the Titans and Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Scott, did you have a chance to watch much of the Sunday night football game where Patrick Mahomes just is? inevitable but uh, how the titans looked uh, overall versus the chiefs
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: No, I haven't. Um, we'll, we'll dive in for a preview on Thursday. So over the next 48 hours I'll watch that Titans Chiefs game. Um, you know, looking at box scores and and knowing what they can do. All, all those type of stuff. Um but I'll I'll get into why were they so successful in shutting down Mahomes uh Thursday. I'll, I'll start digging into that.
2: Yeah. Um Titans defense is very good. The uh, Scott you were not around for this draft class, but I had a unhealthy love of the defensive tackle from Mississippi State named Jeffrey Simmons you told me. Mm-hmm. In that draft class like little obsessive. Uh, that was my dude in that class. And he's turned out to be maybe the second best interior defensive lineman in football behind Aaron Donald. Clinton Williams is flying that way as well. I love that defensive tackle class. Broncos get Draymond Jones in that defensive tackle tackle class. So not all is lost, but, uh, Jeremy Simmons is a run defense unto himself. And the Titans like to play. They're just pretty much like pocket crunch you, which is not good for Russell Wilson. And, uh, with massive edge rushers. Mario Edwards is huge. DeMarco Autry is massive. And uh, then they play man coverage. So uh, we're going to get into it a little bit, but uh, this is a, this is a Jerry Judy game. uh, No doubt. This is one where it's like, Hey, you got man. You you have a man beater out there named Jerry Judy. You better figure out how to get him the damn ball um, for this one, but we'll see. Uh, We got Ryan Slavik coming in here saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Excited to see how the line plays with glass cow at center. I also want to see Edmonds and Martin play. We'll get into Edmonds and Martin here in a second. But as I just said, uh, the Titans have one of the best run defenses in football so far this season. This Broncos is a team that has to run the football to function offensively, and I'm I'm concerned. I would be concerned uh, for this Broncos game as far as how the offense looks now. If Ryan Tannehill plays versus Malik Willis, that's a different conversation, but we'll definitely get into that game um, more and more as the week goes on. Uh, what do you think about Glasgow uh, going forward? He's going to get a chance at center. I don't know if you caught much of the Nathaniel Hackett interview. You also mentioned Luke mm-hmm. Wattenberg getting up to speed and Lloyd Cushionberry being out for a while. Yeah, I think that's something you have to do. You have to have uh, Wattenberg ready to
3: go. But yeah. but Glasgow did well for himself when he came in. Uh, we've talked about that a lot over the last 10 days or so, uh, you know, since, since, we, since he got a shot in London, that he, I, I would have been shocked if he wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, wasn't the starting center, but yeah, you've got to get Wattenberg ready to go. And if we got a nickel for every time I've said it, Glasgow at center with Wattenberg at guard was fairly effective in the preseason. That looked better than some of the things we've seen during the regular season. Preseason, I know. Hedge that based on, yes, it was preseason, I know. Uh, But I've seen enough of the regular season to know I'd be willing to give it another try. Um, That said, what I want... Wattenberg in over Reisner, probably not. No. Uh, probably not at this point. Um, and I definitely wouldn't want him over Miners. So yeah, having him at center, working at center, works um, works well. But Glasgow's earned that shot. He he earned that spot to get it to to keep that position for the game against the Titans.
2: Yeah, and uh, we'll see what this offensive line looks like. Uh, I believe Cam Fleming sh- could be back uh, this upcoming week. So does Cam Fleming put? Uh, Calvin Anderson back on the bench. Does Cam Fleming get some run at guard? There was talk of moving Cam Fleming to left guard uh, prior to the Garrett Bowles injury for when Billy Turner came back. And you also have Tom Compton uh, part of the fold here. It does seem like, I know that there's been a lot of calls and I've even called for it just to get the run game sparked better. Uh, Calls for Natani Moody uh, out there, former Fresno State tackle, power guard uh, kind of player, really good run blocker, struggles in pass protection. You feel like they would have gone to him by now. Uh, if he was something that they'd want to, to see out there. Uh, I think, but again, this offensive line
3: seemed untouchable for the most part. Yeah, I mean, how bad do riser and Cushenberry have to be before you start making some changes? A series here now, you know, we're going to throw him in and see what he looks like, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it, it, it begs the question, how bad could the next guy be? Well, Glasgow was an immediate improvement. Over mm-hmm. over Cushionberry. They've needed now to be fair, they've needed Glasgow at guard. They have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will see. Miners miners coming back healthy was a big no pun and you know, not to repeat it, but that's a big help to the team. That yeah. that gives you more options across
2: the rest of the line. And hopefully they'll get Cam Fleming back soon as well. As crazy as it sounds, uh given the injury to Quinn Miners, the up and down play and pass protection specifically with Quinn Miners, I would argue that Cam Fleming has been your best offensive lineman this year, which is such an indictment. Uh, it explains a, a, a lot. Statement. Yeah, it you does know, explain a lot. That's why you, um,
3: you can put that, that explains a lot. That explains why is the offense straight, Well, Cam Fleming's been our best offensive lineman this year.
2: Oh, you, you haven't been very good then, have you? No, we haven't. And to be fair to Cam Fleming, uh, he's been solid um, to the point where I would be totally okay with com- bringing him back uh, next season as part of the fold. Uh, not ideally penciled in as a starter, but your th- swing tackle that can come in. I've been impressed. I think that he's a uh, he doesn't have the best foot speed against speed rushers, but in the run game and with guys static in front of him, uh, he's been I, he's been solid. I mean, God, for what you're paying him, he's been one of your better ROIs. Uh, Gary Palmer coming in over on YouTube. Facebook's, Facebook must still be having some issues. I don't see any Facebook chats uh, in here, but uh, coming in, I didn't scroll, so who knows. Um, good morning, Nick and Scott. I don't know what purgatory is like, but I bet it's something like the Broncos. Can we turn the season around? Yes. Go Broncos. Yes, they can turn the season around. They're at three and six. They're two games back. I think right now they have an 8% chance of making the playoffs right now. They probably need to finish the season six and three, uh, seven and two about. And that's pretty that's Nine. Time. That's that's nine that's, and eight, isn't it? Six and three. Isn't that nine and eight? What you want? Nine and eight would probably you get a chance with nine and eight. You'd have a chance. Yeah, you'd have a Especially chance with how many that's AFC not, opponents. you. Not have. a good chance. No. the USA today has started to put out their uh, simulator where you can click matchups and whatnot and see how it is. And they show you the percentages based on the games you've won. So I think the Broncos chances of winning, uh, making the playoffs go from 8% today to like 16% with a win versus the Titans. So yeah, you, you start to climb there and, but this is, Hate to say it, it's a must-win, and God, how how frustrating are these losses too? You start to look back, like games, the Jets and the Seahawks game start to, don't look as bad. Uh, those are two teams playing good football right now, but the Colts game, barf. The Chargers game, barf. Uh, just some of these games. How, how the hell did you lose to these teams? Uh, there's probably there's another one. Raiders. Oh, the Raiders. The Raiders. What the Raiders. hell? Yeah. What the what the damn hell is going on? You almost wish that the Broncos' schedule had been flipped. We kind of talked about it to start the season where you had some of your easier opponents early to figure it out. Well, I almost wish we'd have gotten the tar beat out of us and yeah. maybe shaken a little bit. We're going to
3: lose anyway. Let's lose to the tough teams and figure yeah. it out
2: and have, be ready to go. The, 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 the stretch run hindsight on that one, but uh, it's definitely unfortunate. Miguel come in see, there's some Facebook. Uh, thank you so much, Miguel. Another new picture there. I think um, it's coming in saying good morning, fellas. I'm not locking the linebackers against Henry. I feel like it's going to be where we have uh, going to be like when we played the Raiders, the Broncos, I don't think, had Josie Jewell when they played uh, the race. Was Raiders. Say with- Josie Jewell out that game? I feel like he was. So. Yeah. Um, it's definitely concerning. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell in this one. The linebackers are what they are. They're limited, but they're I mean, the Broncos defense is still number what, one or two in the NFL. I think the Patriots might have just surpassed them, uh, according to some metrics. But where I'm concerned for this game is the edge position. The Titans run a lot of outside zone. And right now you are not good uh, at edge in run defense. Uh, Baron Browning is day to day. He might play this week, so we'll see. But Nick Benito, I mean, his big concern coming out was that he was horrible on rundowns. You know what the the Sooners did with Nick Benito on rundowns? They played him at the second level uh, of the linebacker, a stack linebacker on defense, as uh, George Payton would say, and moved him to edge on obvious pass rushing situations because they knew in run defense, uh, setting the edge. He got forklifted, uh, so that's concern. Jonathan Cooper is smaller as well, just okay there. And you have Jacob Martin uh, coming in, who is also smaller. So edge defense specifically is going to be very concerning in this game, not the linebackers. From- did play against the Raiders. He had 14 tackles. Okay, you're right. Who is terrible in that? I feel like maybe...
3: Jonas J- Jewel had 14 Griffith had 10
2: Griff, Griffith was swimming in that game yeah
3: he was he was out a little bit but um you know those guys were those and then Sertan I'm not sure I want my corner to have the third most tackles I don't know that I want Sertan to have eight tackles in that game yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh but Miguel you're absolutely right it's a tough matchup you know the power of Josh Jacobs uh wore down this team and and you're talking about you know the the time of possession and how many times did the broncos uh did they rush the ball um josh jacobs had 28 carries they rushed it 38 times the uh the broncos only rushed the ball 16 they had four from russell wilson so i'm not counting that so 20 you know 20 for 85 yards really was 16 for 48 56 yards rushing the ball time of possession i bet that one leaned in favor of the of the uh I bet that I bet time of possession leaned in favor. It was 30, 35 to 25 in favor of the Raiders. So, yeah, Miguel, it is a concern because how the Raiders beat you, the Titans are considerably
2: better at. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, luckily for the Broncos, we kind of talked about it a little bit. The, Titans did have to go up against Kansas City uh this last week at Sunday night football. The Broncos are coming off a of bye week. You hope that would help you. Uh Scott, how many plays did the Chiefs run against the Titans on Sunday night football? A Little higher lower game.
1: Oh,
3: goodness. I mean, I think um I think I saw Mahomes had like 66 passes, but the thing is is there was only like 15 total yards after that. So he he was the entire offense. 500 yards of offense or something um, yeah. by himself and he got 14 so,
2: 85 really good guess. 91 plays.
3: It wasn't good. a guess. I, well, I, I yeah, did yeah, watch. It was bit... I was just, I remember the yards. I didn't remember. I remember looking at like the rushing box score and it said like Mahomes 66, 55, five, After yeah. that, I'm like, good Lord, this was the yeah. Patrick Mahomes show, but I'm looking forward to
2: watching that game. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it tomorrow. It was the Andy Reid show also. And we can't run the football. Andy Reid cracks his knuckles, pulls out the play sheet. You know, hell, hell yeah. Um, no, 91 plays. That should help the Broncos, in theory, a lot on offense this upcoming week. The Chiefs also had the possession for like 42 minutes compared to whatever the Titans had. So I think the Titans' offense will be rested. We'll be concerned about that. But the Titans' defense might be a little bit worn down. We'll see. I don't know if we said hello to Kevin Gray, but good morning, Broncos country. Nick and Scott want to hear from the country. Denver Broncos for life. Uh, we also got our guy. Uh, who else was in here that we want to say hello to? Oh, yeah. Clyde. The Hawkeyes are rolling right now. Woo! Yeah, we, we got a chance to win the West and get beat by 60 by uh, Ohio State that or Michigan. That'd be great <laughs> in the Big Ten Championship. Uh, Greg Smith, Aloha. Good to see you. Uh, Peter in the house evening from Cambodia. Awesome to see you. Uh, looking forward to hear about the new players as well. Yeah, we'll get that into that in a bit. Um, we already got to Gary Palmer and uh, Peter Middleton also coming in saying, Kush out can only be a positive. Sorry, Kush. Real quick, we'll peel back that onion a little bit. Is there any chance that Graham Glasgow plays good enough that he is your starting center in 2023? Is there a chance? Yes. I would put the
3: odds as low. Um, yeah. I, again, isn't he? He's not a free agent after this year. He's a cut candidate after this year based on his contract, if I'm not mistaken. Yes.
2: You can save like 11 million, I think. Yeah. So,
3: I mean, he, he's already done, he's already redone his deal once because he realized that was the only way he was going to see some of that money because he was over he was he was overpaid um his value wasn't good um so his cap it this year was just six um with a dead cap of nine so he was safe this year next year his cap it goes to 14 with a dead cap of three which means hey we'll pay you three if you want to (laughs) stay so otherwise we're going to cut you um and three is still good money for a center nick You know, for an interior lineman, we're going through this. We're like, oh, you know, we're we're so we're talking about Reisner last night and like, oh, I'd bring them back three or four, you know, back up. That's starters money, man. Four million dollars puts you 29th at guard in the in the entire NFL. Four million dollars that you're paying Reisner right now is good money. That's good money on the interior line. You can go get a hell of a player for four million dollars. You can go get a plus starter that's upper half of the salary that you're paying into your alignment. So, uh, 3 million max, but I think you would want to do better. I think you'd want to do better. If, I mean, why am I going to pay him 3 million to be center next year when I didn't want him at center this year, you know, however, things could be totally different opening training next year. could be completely different all around fresh start for everybody.
2: Yeah. 100%. Uh, maybe not for Broncos fans, um, but uh, for some people. Michael Ronquillo, good morning. Good to see you, Michael. Always uh, hope things are good in Tucson. Kayleon Green, yo, good to see you, Kayleon. I feel like I haven't said uh, hello to you in a second. I see you in here uh, hanging out, so it's good to see you. We got our guy Cristiano saying, good morning. Running a little late with my favorite Broncos pod show. That's awesome, but was hey, able to get Cristiano. in. And uh, we got Chaz Judson saying, is Henry the best running back of the last 15 seasons? Maybe there's a recency bias, but yes. I mean, I can't, I'm trying to think of anybody. I'd go Adrian Peterson still probably. Was he at his peak
3: 15 years ago still? I mean, he was, he, he, I scouted him in high school. He was like my first, one of my first classes. That was 2002, three years. So he would have been 2006 to, you know, 15 years would take you back to. Yeah. 2007. So yeah, that's Adrian Peterson. Okay. I'd still probably go Adrian Peterson. Um but
2: there's certainly an argument there for sure. Yeah. He's been he's been amazing. Um Yeah, kind of won't for sure.
3: I'm yeah. I'm saying I would probably I would if you had to tell me right now at the top of my head without looking at any numbers I would go Adrian Peterson. Yeah. And as you've heard me say before, I won't argue levels of elite. If you were to say you know what? I, I prefer Derrick Henry. I'm not arguing with you. That's that's fine. I, yeah. I
2: see that. That's a good, valid argument. Derrick, uh, Adrian Peterson played in an era where teams were still gearing up personnel-wise to stop the run, and he still ran. Where Derrick Henry has come to age where the Titans have zigged while everyone else has zagged. So I probably would make the argument of Adrian Peterson as well, but Derrick Henry is first ballot Hall of Famer. And has changed my perspective on the running back position and the value of the position, given what having such a dominant runner does for opposing defensive alignment and box count uh, numbers, which matters a lot. Derek Henry, you
3: guys have yeah, not everybody has on this has heard me tell this story before, uh, but yeah, out of he was at a Derek Henry was at a Yuli, which was a two A or three A school in Florida, smaller school, and he was a hundred meter state champion. He's six three, two hundred twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds. He ran like a scat back um Mm -hmm. he he didn't he could run by everybody he was he was not he was soft on the field and he was soft mentally um when he went to the opening the big nike camp that has the top 100 guys there and it's basically a seven on seven so running backs get the the competition they do the running backs get chosen late anyway but he was the very last pick the very last pick out of all the players there was derrick henry He runs his 40 time. He runs like a four, four, eight. He he broke out in tears. He was in tears because he didn't do as well as he did. So when he went to Alabama, I'm like, this is awesome. I love this for him because Nick Saban will either, you know, pressure makes diamonds. will either make, turn this guy into a man or he'll wash out. We'll know quickly. We don't have to wonder what if about Derrick Henry anymore. He's a man. He, and it was the the best thing that could have happened for him rather than to go someplace where he would have been coddled because he is such an amazing talent with that size and that speed. And all the gifts that you see now wasn't always like that, Nick. Uh, mm. You know, going back to high school, he was a different guy. And um, he's been really, really fun to watch mature and become the back that he is because he wasn't always like that. And they don't always do that. They don't always become the big physical runners when they were able to out-athlete people in, in at the high school level. So uh, very, very fun player development there with
2: Derrick Henry. Yeah. And Dom, our friend Dom coming in out there in Albuquerque saying, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. My boys, the Broncos need to make the Titans one dimensional since they have a rookie quarterback. If Tannehill isn't going to play run defense has to step up. Denver Broncos for life. Go dogs. UGA UGA. Yeah. The, uh, or Uga, Uga whatever one you prefer. Um, the Broncos, it's going to take a team effort to get Derrick Henry down. I know the last time the Broncos played the Titans that I can recall, they did a great job of slowing down. Uh, Derek Henry and the Titans, but different team, different, different time, different defense. Titans are different as well. So we'll be interesting. It's going to take a complete team effort uh, though, regardless the safeties. I mean, the, just the nature of the cover three and the cover six defense, your safeties come down and play an alley a lot. And uh, that's your second level defender instead of a linebacker there. And that puts a lot of onus on the safeties. So we don't need to see any flat footed, you know, reaching arm tackles, uh, well, Derrick Henry just blows by of Justin Simmons or uh, Kareem Jackson this week. And when that's happening, that's when you are in big trouble. So um, it's going to take a complete team effort. I mean, I haven't even gotten to the safeties. I know that Patrick Sertan gets, he's the golden boy and rightfully so, but sometimes he makes some calculated business decisions. I feel like in the run game, rather than getting his uh, helmet in there. Can't do that this week against Derrick Henry. You got to come up and you got to fight every single time. And those Titans wide receivers as well. They're out there. They're, bot- they're just bouncers. They're not throwing them the ball. They're trying to take guys to the curb out of the club. Uh, so your secondary needs to step up.
3: And uh, the, the the dog UGA is big U, little G, little A. That's UGA. This is oh. UGA. Okay. So this is University of Georgia. And, and Colin Wood, while I appreciate your uh, propensity for taking the opposite tact, no matter how slim the margin is in any argument and being the contrarian, Football players, most of them, there's an old saying, if they won't bite you as puppies, they won't bite you as dogs. Speaking of UGA, most of them that have that mentality have that mentality early on. So when I say he was a different guy and how he changed his style of play, what you're saying here is not true. So as far as the scouting aspect goes, you see it early on in most guys. Most players do not make that transformation. Derrick Henry did, and
2: it's been fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's start to get into this. Oh, real quick. Luke right? how do you think, how high do you think bonix goes in the draft? I know that he looked terrible versus Georgia. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with Oregon versus, I don't think they've played UCLA yet. I don't know if they, I need to go back. So UCLA, USC, Washington, Oregon, those are the teams I'm interested in watching uh, out here in the Pac-12. Uh, sorry, Colorado fans. I'm probably not going to watch a single game of yours this season, even though I have my, the CU hat behind me here, but yeah, uh, no, that's uh, probably go back and watch those. I did watch him this week. He had a did he have a receiving touchdown as well as a throwing touchdown? Yeah, like they, they had a little throwback, uh yeah. a little little throwback screen. Yeah.
3: Uh Washington, Saturday, November twelfth, Utah, Saturday, November nineteenth. As well. Um, they beat UCLA and then they've got Oregon State and then possibly a Pac-12 championship game. I'm not even sure. Um it's the it's top two. Hard. Teams in the Pac-12. It's hard again, I need to the bias influences you. Like I said, we're all biased. The bias I have watching him at Auburn and the sec is strong. It, yeah. it really is. I need to try and wipe that clean and then use that as a a reference and know that he is different coach, different systems, different, everything, different environment not being where his dad played where he was a you know Pat Nix was a, a a a legend at Auburn he wasn't a legendary you know for most people but it, he was an Auburn legend just for what he did against Florida for goodness sakes um that I need to get rid of all of that so and 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 really give him a fair chance cuz he's got the tools um but he was he was not good
2: uh in the SEC at Auburn University yeah yeah we'll see what he looks like um but uh have not watched too much Oregon football yet this season besides the uh Georgia game which Scott'll be upset if uh <laughs> Georgia if Oregon makes the the game cuz that Georgia whipping's probably got to matter right although <laughs> somebody from the Pac12 probably think,
3: Again, I'd rather have a team that won their that lost an out of conference game and won their conference than doesn't the win game. their own conference. I'd rather Fair. take a conference champion. I, I mean, I always said if you're going to expand the playoffs and they were basically four big bowls at the time i'm like let's do six conference champions and two at largest if you yeah. win your conference you're in provided you were ranked, i had a qualifier in there i was like provided you're in the top 25 i don't want a four loss virginia tech team because that's who it was at the time four loss virginia tech team winning their half of the atlantic coast coastal at five and five because everybody else stunk and then going in and upsetting clemson and going into the into a national championship at 6 and 5 or 7 and 5 or whatever. I'm like yeah. if you're yeah. not even in the top 25, we can we can use that rank anyway.
2: Thank you for using Virginia Tech instead of Iowa um cuz that would be either Big 10 West that'd be <laughs> well, an that easy. Well that was example. when I wrote this up yeah. like but
3: I flipped on this again. I flipped on this. It was about 2008 cuz I was staunch. I like the regular season. I like turning on games in September and having them matter. I, I've got playoffs every weekend. That's what I didn't want to give up. And, um, but again, LSU, I think that was the year they went with two losses. I'm like, okay, when you're taking two lost teams, you've already compromised the regular season. You're expanding the games played from 11 to 14 and sometimes 15. You can't go 15 and 0 anymore when you're, you're playing man. good games anyway,
2: man, well, when Oklahoma
3: and Nebraska were playing just each other in the big eight, when I was growing up in the eighties, yeah, you better be 10 and 0.
2: yeah. <laughs> Well, some good Pac-12 games coming up here, uh, coming back to my coast out here. West Coast, best coast, baby. No, nah, um, but we uh, will be fun to watch, uh, especially with Washington, I think, playing Oregon this weekend. That'll be a great one. Um, we got Cristiano coming back in saying, if Baron Browning can't play, do you think we see some uh, Kongbo at edge on first downs and short yard situations? He's a little bigger than Benito, Coop, and Martin. I think you will still see the smaller guys out there. Uh, probably see a little bit more. Uh, Coop and Martin on early downs because Benito is still concerning on first down, but because of how the Broncos play defense personnel wise, you can live with a little bit smaller edge rushers. Now they might have to pivot or something like that. And that might be my famous last words before, before playing Derek Henry this weekend, but if they play what is known as a penny front. So it's three interior defensive linemen, two edge rushers, and just one linebacker out there. And that given the gap assignments up there, you're seeing a lot more single gap situations, guys getting one-on-one situations dialed up. And uh, therefore you're not have as much gap and a half, not as much as put on the defensive lineman to anchor play across uh, two gaps or a gap and a half. So you can live with a little bit smaller there, um, but <laughs> you know, things could change quickly after the first quarter and Derrick Henry's gashing you on three or four outside zone plays. And uh, you got us pivot the penny fronts a dime. It's a pass defense. It's not necessarily a run defense.
3: It's to battle today's f- three, four wide pass happy. Yeah. The rules have all gone towards passing offenses. That's that's where that, that is for. So you don't
2: want to be in that one nearly as much against no. the Titans. No, you'll see more be- classic three, four base uh, going forward. But the thing is with your, your penny front, obviously a linebacker is going to be better than a cornerback out there, but Kawan Williams is awesome in the run game. So there's going to be chances out there for that. Still that personnel out there, because you have to trust uh Kwon Williams and whatnot out there. Now, he Alex is, Singleton, he is good
3: in the run game. I don't want him head up against Derrick Henry more than once in a game.
2: I never, hopefully it's gang tackling, um, yeah. but there. you know, but when he's out yeah. there on
3: that Island, you know, yeah. playing basically an edge in that, in that system, he's given up 40 pounds to Derrick Henry. And it's not even just, it's not even just, I don't want him out there because it, it, the big plays I'm talking about if he's having to hit be first point of attack against Derrick Henry, he ain't going to last, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to have a detriment to his coverage ability. Cause he's going to get beat up over the course
2: of a game. And you, you better, you better play big in this one. You better bring your big boy pants, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm the man coming in and saying, I'm not drafting a quarterback unless it's CJ Stroud or the top tier quarterback next year. Just going to sit behind Russ for four years. Give me linebacker, wide receiver, offensive line, all rounds. I'll tell you this. Uh, I'd be okay if the Broncos used a day three pick on mm-hmm. a quarterback because Brett Ripon is bad. I'm tired of just dancing around this because people like the dude. He's not an NFL. He shouldn't. He's probably not even a rosterable quarterback. He's smart. Um, fine with him being a uh, coach. You know, p- coach or practice squad kind of guy. <laughs> but the fact that you the Broncos probably win that Jets game with even just a slightly teared up quarterback there. And you're talking about four and four rather than three and five and completely different perspective on the season. So uh, they need to go out there and find a better quarterback uh, to be back up next season. Um, it's something that I'm probably not going to uh, back down on. <laughs> also, uh, I know you do you prefer, do you prepare for the, uh, what is it that uh, oh God, Tom Moore said, you know, if 18 goes down, we're F'd, we are f we do not practice f well, Russell Wilson's been dinged up more and more uh, as his career has gone down, and it's not season-ending injury, but it could be, you know, two or three games. You just want to wave the white flag on that, those games because that's what putting Brett Rippon out there is for me. So,
3: yeah, I agree. You know. So, you know, and and I'm the man. I don't know if, if speaking of you know early, but yeah, you could you should take a quarterback later on. Um, you know, or you've got some money, you can get a you can get a good backup for decent money. I mean, if you wanted to, you know, I. I almost hate saying this, but Teddy Bridgewater was a good backup, not Very all that expensive. No. You know, that's a that's the, a type you want to go where you want to go in that direction. I'm just saying Teddy because he's the first guy that comes to mind. Teddy was a five or six million dollar quarterback before the Carolina Panthers lost their minds. Yep. Um, that's where he belongs, and he is a good stopgap two or three two or three player. And that's not that expensive for the backup for the the backup position. So um, you can do okay in free agency. But yes, you've got to address the backup quarterback position a little better.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. Ernie Mays coming in. Why is everyone afraid of the Titans? Go Broncos. Titans are a good team. Uh, They went into Arrowhead and took the Chiefs to overtime. And God, Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in football right now. I mean, he considering that you look at the Titans defense. They've picked up a lot of these guys off practice squads and whatnot, and they're playing at high level. It's very much a situation of the collective is far superior uh, than the individual talents out there. So they're a good team. They're a good coach team. Um, Hopefully the Broncos can catch them down, but this, this, I don't think this is crazy to say the, that the Titans are the best team the Broncos have played so far this season. Uh 49ers now are a different team than they were when they played in week 3. I think the t- this version of the Titans is probably the best team the Broncos have played.
3: Yeah, A healthy 49ers is pretty good, but how the 49ers have been back and forth all the time on that stuff. Um yeah. so you don't know. You know, and and Ernie you got to play somebody. So we're we're going to talk about the opposition otherwise, you know, we've said you know, it doesn't make sense for me to boo the team as they come on the field, the other team. I was always say, hey, thank you for being here. We want to kick your butts and go home. But if it's not you, we're just having an inter-squad scrimmage. So we're glad you're here. So someone's got to play them. And right now, what team, other than maybe two or three in the entire league, and frankly, they'd be looking at you the same way, what team doesn't concern you that that, that can beat you right now with the, with the Denver Broncos? They're all... If I if if I'm scared of losing, they're all scary right now. Especially a good Titans team. They're they're favored for a reason. It's not a big. I was a little surprised, Nick. It's a one and a half, yeah, one and a half point, one and a half point, thirty nine point over under. So the Titans aren't getting a whole lot of uh,
2: love from you know the the odds makers. The money's going to the Broncos. Everyone's waiting to see what happens with uh, Ryan Tannehill. I think you'll that's that everyone's waiting on that line. So you think Tannehill's going to play? Uh, Grab that Titans money line right now. If you think Malik's going to play, probably grab the Broncos. That's my novice uh, observation of the betting market for this game. But let's get into the topic here, uh, today. the main topic. Um, I just want to talk a little bit of Jacob Martin and Chase Edmonds. Let's start off with Chase Edmonds. Now, I said this on here before. I feel like nobody's really mentioned this in the Bradley Chubb trade. Chase Edmonds had to be a part of the trade or somebody of Chase Edmonds' contract because the Titans could, or excuse me, the Dolphins literally could not take on Bradley Chubb's contract uh, without shedding some salary themselves. So Broncos bring in a running back, an explosive running back, uh, who's played in a couple different systems and uh, signed a big contract uh, with the Dolphins this off season, a, a two year 12 million for a gadget running back. That's kind of a crazy money, but uh, coming over to Denver, part of the deal due to finances, but the Broncos add themselves a explosive option and a pass catcher. It's something we've talked about in the offseason a lot, the Broncos, I think they really did want to use the running backs a lot in the pass game. We saw it week one where the running backs were getting crazy uh, amount uh, crazy amount of targets, and it somewhat dipped a bit, especially with uh, Javonta Williams getting injured and Melvin Gordon becoming completely untrustworthy. Uh, so you bring in a running back here a little bit more explosive, a little bit uh, better in the pass game to help kind of get you through the time where you're missing Mike Boone here and uh, hopefully add to this offense. But I really think that Chase Edmonds is probably more of a throw-in player more than anything, and you're talking about maybe five to seven snaps a game, uh, unless he's a hot hand and it uh, starts to work for him.
3: But I mean, he's he's probably running back three, but he was needed as a running back three with an injury to Boone. So mm. you're talking, it's like we're we're making this deal, and as you said, you know, okay, the Broncos are like, well, we are, the Dolphins are like, well, we can't we can't take this on. And rather than just cut somebody, which is what they would have had to do, hey, you need a running back. Can we can we throw him in? Um, you know, or that's kind of how it goes. It's like, okay, we'll take a player in return to to make this work on the finances. Okay, what do you need? Well, we need a running back for the short term. Um, so yeah, it was it was a salary cap move, but it also fit a need. It did. You needed you needed a third running back, but that's where I think he is. Can he be a third down back? I mean, he had ninety-six catches his last two years in Arizona. Uh, which helped get him that so yeah he can he can help for sure um but how much is he going to see behind uh Latavius Murray and, and Melvin Gordon we will see one of the questions on here talking about you know inside linebackers and stuff uh was Roquan Smith changed the Ravens to yesterday I didn't see the game but what I did see was Roquan do you know what he's costing the Ravens this year in salary cap money two million $75,000. Seventy-five thousand dollars. I mean
2: there's a little <laughs> bit of Chicago
3: because Chicago yeah. bought down his contract. It's what the Falcons did with yeah. Deion Jones. Like, oh, they needed this for salary cap. They're eating their salary cap. They're eating it. They're they're the ones taking it on. It wasn't done for that. It was it was uh they were doing it to to get some draft picks out of it, and they bought those draft picks and then cut Roquan. So um, but yeah, he's costing uh he's costing them seventy
2: five thousand dollars in salary cap money this year. Yeah, he was, nice. Rocon was awesome last year, or last night. Uh, fun player, no doubt. Broncos have a top three defense in football, and it's with Josie Duloc Singleton out there. So I would argue that the, uh, the linebacker spot is fine uh, for the Broncos. You don't have to have a difference maker there. It's like arguing, like, why don't we have the best second baseman in baseball? I'd rather have the best pitcher, the best third baseman, the best center fielder, but, uh, you know, you do you uh, out there if that's a position you want to die on. But linebacker but, is... But it- as you've said as we were talking about with the economics in this, you know, the
3: the a top three second baseman may cost me 15 million. Yeah. You know, he's going to get paid the, the pitcher, the the, the the margins on this are so much higher, yeah. you know, if I, the top pitcher or the top outfielder or whatever, those top guys are, are going to cost me more, but I, I get it. And, and as you just said, again, and the word triggers me and I've explained why fine. The Broncos are fine. They're fine at linebacker. Okay. Well, that's not good enough.
2: So, It is if your offense is this bad. I know, but it is a place where you'd
3: like to improve if you can. If the right deal comes along for the right price, you know it's coming at the right price. F.A. Wow. Uh, Hello, guys. Coming in hot pink. I love the fuchsia, man. Welcome in. Uh, He says, hello, guys. Long time listener. Finally caught you guys live. Super stoked. Well, we're super stoked to have you. I saw you come in just a little bit earlier as Chad is working his way down uh, down here. So we did see that. But, you know, you want to get our attention for sure wave the red rave the rave the hot pink in front of us that that'll that'll get our attention so appreciate you coming in um you know if even if you're not live if uh you know you come in hit the comments on YouTube after the fact and and we'll we'll try and interact uh you know as I'm sure I'll hear plenty about um my old curmudgeonly don't want the playoffs you know you're blessed. I know I'm in the minority on that i I absolutely understand I always have been for 30 years I've been in the minority on that. Um, but now I don't, I don't care as much anymore because for the reasons I have explained. Um, but yes, appreciate you coming in. Uh, big help to the show. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. That's really, really, uh, helpful for you. And we'll get off the, uh, the linebacker talk here for a second. We have all off season to debate more about that. Uh, Iowa does have another linebacker coming in. Maybe we can use a day two pick on him, but but I agree with you. I, I, you'd have to come when we're talking about what I would do for
3: the Broncos, how do I improve this team? We're going down a long, long, long time before I say, okay, we need an upgrade at middle linebacker. Yeah, you do. I mean, you can try and upgrade everywhere, but inside linebacker isn't what's costing this team games
2: right now. No, far from it. And I would argue that on the defensive side of the ball, uh, it'd be more important to refortify the secondary at cornerback uh, and maybe even throw another developmental asset on the defensive line with Mike Purcell and Deshaun Williams free agents next year, then chasing a high investment at the linebacker spot. Uh, yesterday
3: we talked, you know, the only time you mentioned running back or linebacker was if, you know, some freakazoid is there at 28 and then maybe, but otherwise, you know, we, we, we hit every position, but
2: those two for sure. Yep. Um, Maybe not safety either, but that's just because the Broncos would look like an okay spot there with Simmons and Caden Stearns. Uh, but anyway, back to Chase Edmonds here uh, running back a really good third down player uh, before coming to Miami this off season. Uh, he was credited with 132 pass blocking snaps uh, with the Cardinals over three seasons and uh, gave up zero sacks. Now, some of that is probably due to the talent and quickness and evasiveness of Kyler Murray back there. But Still, uh, that helps a lot uh for Chase Edmonds. So excited to see what he can do on third down this year. The Broncos have been absolutely horrible on third down. So uh that's one that you want to lean into there, no doubt. And I'm not sure what's going on here with the the line, We're still devolving the linebacker cough our t- com- conversation here, but I don't know if you guys remember when the Broncos drafted uh Baron you probably don't remember because it was late day two of the draft, but I think I literally stood up in my chair and started clapping when the Broncos took Baron Browning at pick. One zero whatever it was because i loved baron browning that much coming out of ohio state and i also thought he could probably be an edge rusher you can find the tweets yeah, on that no,
3: the, the value that micah parson and baron browning bring beyond is their fact that they can get after the quarterback from the edge yeah that's that's great but having having them be able to do both is a good thing I and mean, if i've got a, a very athletic inside linebacker sure i want him you know, depending on packages, you know you're in that penny front. Sure, why don't I move one of those guys up to the to the to the line of scrimmage and let him rush? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Fa coming back in. he said, Scott, I was at the game in London. Was super excited to get to see you and meet you. We can fix that one day. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, good job on the show. I always watch after the fact. We'll appreciate it. Thank you so much again. Uh, that's coming in, coming in hot, coming in hot. So uh, as as Nukalush like to say, I want to announce my presence with authority. So you did, you brought the heat, man.
2: You brought the heat. Yeah. Uh, Last bit about Chase Edmonds here. Uh, Broncos get him with the rest of this season and next season under cost control. Uh, However, because of how contracts work with the guarantees, all that guaranteed money stays as dead cap over on the Miami Dolphins. So the Broncos next season, uh, you have Chase Edmonds under a roster hit of 6 million. If he struggles at all down the stretch here, you're not really enjoying what you're getting from him or you want to look elsewhere, or you need a little bit of money, you can move on from him. Zero dead cap. Uh, it also gives you a little bit of negotiating window for him. Let's say like, hey, you know, we like you here. We don't like you at $6 million. How would you like that $6 million guaranteed but spread out over two years? Uh, I'm a 27-year-old running back. Sure, that doesn't sound ter- ter- terrible to me. So uh, definitely something to think about this offseason when looking at this running back position. We hadn't talk about it yesterday, Scott, but with Javante Williams' leg and everything, all these guys coming up, Running back might be a position that the Broncos consider day two, early day three, just to give yourself a little bit more talent back there in youth. You
3: you mentioned it when, when Chase Edmonds was acquired, it, it actually crossed my mind that the Broncos might waive him. Yeah. You know, that, that they might not keep him. It was just an accounting move, um, you know, but with Boone injured, yeah, he could, he could absolutely help. Um, but there was a question earlier. Um, I, I believe it was on Facebook. I don't remember who it was. I apologize, but you know, it says honest opinion. You know, do we see Javante Williams next year? I don't think you see the same version of Javante Williams as soon as next year. He may hit the field, but I don't think he'll be the, I don't think he'll be quite as good. If you see 90% of Javante Williams, that's still pretty good. But I don't, I don't think in 12 months plus, you know, the season then. So over the next 16 months, I don't know if you're going to see the same version. I think it's, I think it's two years on him. I really
2: do. Which then puts him in last year of his contract already. Yeah. And that's one reason that you probably need to start thinking (laughs) running back again. You don't need to trade up and get one in the top with 35 picks, what they did with Javante Williams, there, top 40. But if there's a running back you like there round three, round four, you can get a young guy cost control. That can be a good running back too, for a number of years. Um, You have to like the guy, of course, but it's something to uh, consider given the typically running backs are best on their rookie contract, Javante Williams injury. And, I think the running game is really important uh, for the Broncos to function with a Russell Wilson under center. So uh, moving forward here, Jake Martin being traded over for the Aurora, Colorado native Broncos trade a 2024 fourth round pick for the rights of Jacob Martin and a 2024 fifth round pick. So really not a big flip of picks there. Uh, The Broncos take on his three year deal. He signed a three year deal for 13.5 million this year. Talk about man. Jacob Martin is signing for 13.5 million. Tell me positional value isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a crazy big contract for a rotational uh, edge rusher. He's been fine so far this season. Uh, nothing exceptional. I think he is a better run defender than you have in uh, Nick Benito. And he's another one that is a little bit of a tweener. Does he play that stack linebacker position? Does he play edge when he, came, when he was drafted out of Temple? Um, he played a little bit of both at Temple. I think he was under Mark Rule out there in Temple. And uh, it's definitely recruited by Mark Rule, but uh, played a little bit of edge and stack and uh, would move around there. was drafted by Seattle. Also played a lot of uh, stack linebacker and edge and became a special teams contributor. Then moved to Texans. I think they played more of a 4-3 defense and put on a little bit more weight. But really, Jacob Martin is more of a classic 3-4 edge rusher. You wish he carried a little bit more length. You wish he was a little bit more athletic, but he's going to be fine back there. I love the cross training ability that he has where he uh, has played that stack linebacker spot. And with how much the Broncos play that penny front five, one your edge rushers need to be able to obviously the most important thing is going forward and pass rushing, but they need to be able to drop into space and play a little bit of coverage as well. And uh, Martin has that in his pocket. He can do that. We've seen that with Benito, see it with Gregory, see it with Browning. So a versatile player who can drop into coverage, come around the edge and special teams ability as well. He's not as limited as uh Kongbo would be on the defensive side of the ball while still offering special teams ability. So this trade makes sense to get you through the next few weeks, get yourself another talented player still under control for the next two and a half seasons. And uh, the Broncos with this one, he does have a, a dead cap hit if you release him of 1 million, but you could save up to 4 million uh, if you move on from him. So another guy you can save, God, how much is that for the Broncos? 10 million, 11 million. If you move on from both these guys, after the offseason, which on it. definitely possible.
3: Um, what's interesting? Do you remember him playing against the Broncos?
2: Uh, a little bit. Did he, did he catch your eye? I don't. I don't really. I don't. All really I can see was Quinn Williams beating the absolute tar out of Cushionberry and Reisner. That's yeah. a, you can't see past that because it just <laughs> yeah, it's, know. A, it's terrible.
3: Um, but the 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 what I see out of this just looking looking at the numbers. I haven't watched them that closely, so I'm just you know full full disclosure on this. He looks like he's got a similar profile to Malik Reed with a little bit better uh, ability to set the edge. Inside. A little bit a little bit stronger at the point of attack. I mean, what's Malik Reed, 240? Yeah. You know, he's listed, you know, Jacob Martin's listed 6'2", 242. He's put up some sacks. You know, he's got some numbers. His numbers are similar to Randy Gregory's, you know, 16 sacks in a little over four seasons. Um, you know, so he's getting to the quarterback, but Malik Reed was getting to the quarterback, but we knew the stats can lie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I look at PFF through the years, he's done a pretty good job of setting the edge, and he was playing some of his best ball the last couple of weeks. If you look at you know run defense, sixty five point two, and then a a, against against the Broncos, sixties. He's consistently in the sixties, which is okay. But I again, I don't I don't remember him. I'm just reading stats in case you don't have access to them, so I don't want to come off sound like I know the guy when I don't. Just regurgitating some stuff that you may not see, Uh, and then I'll give you a, a better idea of what we see when we watch him play if we watch him play
2: yeah i think we will see him this week uh, with baron browning day to day and uh, gregory's still out for a little bit but hopefully he uh, steps up and i think he's going to be i think he's a little bit more close to cooper than he is malik reed uh, as far as ability where he's not getting you know what's the dirty danced um the scene where she runs and gets lifted up that was malik reed experience at the edge unfortunately <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean,
3: you'd like to think that someone giving him a fourteen million dollar contract over three years. I mean, Reed didn't get that. You know, Reed no. hit the open market and was brought back and two million. He he was having trouble finding a job
2: yeah. despite yeah. having good numbers. Yeah. So, I think Jacob Martin has a good chance to uh, continue here. The big thing with Jacob Martin long term is: Do you see this defense return? Do you see his Euro Evero back? I know everybody uh, wants him back, but. If you have a new staff there, I'm curious if uh, you see a new uh, defensive scheme, new defensive coordinator, because not many teams are playing this 5-1, cover three, cover six, then rotate to cover one on past situations type of defense. And if you go to, let's we again, talk about the Titans, totally different philosophy up front where they want mass up front at their edge. Their edge rushers are essentially defensive endslash slash defensive tackles. I mean, Mario Edwards, D'Amico Autry, those are guys that are pushing 290, 300 pounds. Uh, versus your five man front here at the Broncos where your edge rushers are 240, 250. So um, a lot will depend on the type of defense, but if they do stay in this type of defense uh going forward, I could see Jacob Martin being retained, especially because the cap savings you get for him are minuscule Uh only th- 4 million. I mean, 3 million. That's not, that's not massive. Uh It it's could matter, massive, but it's not
3: bad money either. I mean, you know, no. 4 million for a guy depending on how he fits. If yeah, like you said, if, he's affordable if you want to keep him, but you don't have to. Yes. So his it's, you know, 4 million isn't nothing. That's a starting guard. We already went through what you can get for $4 million on the interior line. If you spend some money. Yeah. Would you rather have a third guy at edge or, you know, if, if, if you've got your guys in there, Randy Gregory, if Jonathan Cooper keeps going, you know, if, uh, you've got Nick Benito, if he takes a leap up and then Baron Browning, then where does Jacob Martin, um, or would you
2: rather put $4 million into your offensive line? I might see if I can get a good ROI on Jonathan Cooper. And cause he's super cheap and only two years left then at that point. And then keep Martin get another mm-hmm. fifth round pick in your pocket. And uh, <laughs> I'd pay fifth. I'd pay 4 million for a fifth round pick. Um, no doubt more, more, uh, more arrows to shoot. But uh, Scott talked about these guys. Uh, the, who do you think makes the biggest impact week one? it's pretty easy to it's it's two
3: positions where you don't really have to know a lot you know it's not quarterback it's not even wide receiver when we talked about greg Dulcich, can you expect him to come in and be effective early yes because learning a route tree being a total package is is one thing where i need to know blocking assignments and everything but edge go get that guy running back i'm gonna hand you the ball the play is designed to go left okay done so the position isn't necessarily a, a a big deal i think You're probably going to see, I I would say Martin first at edge. I think there's more of a rotation and you've got two pretty established guys in Murray and Gordon that if we're going to see either of them, I would say Martin first um, coming in on third down plays where it's a designated rush. Just go
2: get him. Yeah. Ah, Yep, absolutely. And oh man, Ethan, I love this. This I'm here for this one. Um, We moved on from the linebackers to the interior offensive linemen. I, uh, I don't know if you guys listen to the athletic football podcast, but uh, their host Robert Mays is a giant uh, bears fan. And unfortunately <laughs> I've just started uh, listening again, you know, picking up on the NFL at large more. So having a little bit more time with the longer dog walks and less hikes. Um, but uh, he's also banging the drum for the bears to sign Elton Jenkins. So maybe we're gonna have to have a little bit of a fight there, but uh Ethan coming in saying, starting the Elton Jenkins fund early, he's going to get paid. Let's hope by the Broncos. Yes. Yeah, Scott, you talk about guards being cheap. Elton Jenkins is going to get, a big contract. And I'm going to argue, I need to write an article about this. I think the interior, there's a market deficiency here for how valuable the interior offensive lineman is for the Broncos versus what the league pays. These guys with Russell Wilson, you need to be able to run the football. You need to keep the pocket in front of him clean and you need to be able to anchor up front. Otherwise he can't see. He's not a very good quick game passer, So You have to have the run game, blah, blah, blah. Given that how valuable it is for the Broncos, I'd be okay paying more money than what the, market dictates to bring in more quality in the interior offensive line, maybe even skim a little bit at tackle. Cause I think tackles not as important with Wilson as it is compared to the interior. Uh, and by skim, I mean, you know, Oh, a day two pick and bring back cam Fleming. That's not super skimming, um, but uh, that's just where I'm at right now. I'd pay Elton Jenkins big money and I wish there was a equally good center in this class as well to pay.
3: He's uh he's 27 years old on four million dollars. Looks like he's on his option rookie contract option. So yeah, he's uh he will get paid,
2: and you could sew up the that position for the next six years, seven years maybe. I would love it. Uh, we'll see what happens if the Broncos keep Hackett and the staff. You're probably more likely to get him here, but also you have Luke Getzey out there in uh, Chicago. So a lot of teams are going to want to pay Alton Jenkins. Um, we'll see what happens, but he's going to be a wealthy man. And hopefully the Broncos having this rich ownership group gives them a little bit of a, a leg up Uh, can't hurt.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're probably taking a look at the Quentin Nelson contract who got tackle money and is
2: now they're probably regretting it. Yep. Yeah. That's a worst offensive line in football. Crazy to say, but uh, all right, folks, I think that it's going to be a fun week. Uh, excited to see what these new acquisitions for the Broncos can do and see if any of them can uh, really help the Broncos going forward. I think the big one here, as much as I say running backs don't matter, Chase Edmonds. Uh, the Broncos need to get some more. This is a offense that is super reliant on the explosive play, but I guess, hell, if you're going to be that way, you might as well lean into it. And I think Chase Edmonds can bring a little bit more explosive dynamics to this Broncos running game from the backfield and the passing game. I think the Broncos, I could be wrong on this one. The Broncos have not recorded a single run of 20-plus yards this season. So uh, hopefully with Chase Edmonds, you have a chance to um, get a couple of those the second half of the year. But um, thank you guys so, so much for jo- uh, joining us today. Shout out to Ethan, as well as uh, Effie coming in here with the uh, big time uh, donations, helping us so much. So we appreciate you. Uh, make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you join our Facebook community, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says underneath you, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Uh, that's the biggest thing you can do to help us. I know that some people are not as uh, on time with the show, so if you uh, want to make sure that you don't miss us, hit that bell icon in the top right corner, I believe, so that we get alerts when we go live. Um, Scott, any plans the rest of the day? Uh, I know that we will see you on the back end uh, tonight when Carl and I are live for, uh, you know,
3: we'll be, we'll be back tonight. Six mountain time. Uh, want to say thanks to Miguel also on Facebook and let's not forget Gary Leeds Palmer coming in as well with some, uh, with uh, bouncing around mm-hmm. on YouTube, making sure that he's yes. finding, he, he, he's putting in work to support the show. So thank you. And then uh, F a is Hefe. you know, a few and a few, you know Spanish, that's the boss. So thank you. We got the closer and we got the boss. So uh, appreciate it. And uh, we
2: will um, see you later. All right, guys, have a good one. Continue to choose compassion and choose kindness. Go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.